Welcome to the Crushing Cashflow Podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash flowing assets, such as real estate, stock investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now, here's your host, Andrew Shutsky. Here we are again. Welcome back to Question Cash Flow. With me today, really special guests, friends, and partners of mine, what I like to call a very powerful investing duo. Big welcome to the show to my friends, Victor and Lee Elate. How are you guys? Good, Andrew. How are you doing, man? Thanks for having doing us. Doing great. Doing great. Of course, the pleasure <laughs> is on mine. So I won't do it justice, but a quick background. These guys are the founders of 258 Capital, which is a real estate investment company focused on multifamily syndications. Got a deep, massive background on fix and flips with hundreds of units experience under their belt. Of course, they're a husband and wife team who get along quite well. I'm jealous of that. <laughs> and found their financial freedom during their careers in medicine through real estate. So we'll talk a bit about that in the next couple of minutes. They've been over six years in real estate investing. They've done hundreds and hundreds of fix and flips, as I mentioned before. In the past two years, they've gone deep like myself in the multifamily space. They found that flexibility, that power there. And as GPs, they've got $25 plus million in counting and multifamily assets coming up in 2022. So thanks again. Welcome to the show, guys. Awesome. Thanks for the great intro. We're really excited to be here. Yeah. So I know my 30-second recap doesn't do it justice, but let's talk about, let's take us back to your time in medicine. Many would say, hey, lawyers, doctors, you know, they're at the top of the career spectrum. You know, why move away from that? Then you have it made. That's a great question. So Victor and I, we met in medical school about 15 years ago, and we worked really hard to get through school. We got our first positions. We we're really excited about them. And we were really, really deep in student debt. So we decided to pay it off. And we worked 60 to 80 hour work weeks. We were in the clinic. We were in the office, nights, yeah. weekends, holidays. We were missing time with family. We were missing time with friends. And after three years, we met our goal and we were out of debt. And in the process of all of that, we simply burnt ourselves out, which I'm sure a lot of professionals, not just those in medicine, can really relate oh, yeah. to. Oh, yeah. Burnout. Burnout is a big thing in healthcare. You know, as you know, Andrew, you're around it too. I mean, you know, Lee and I, we've always been a great team together. And so we had our kind of goal oriented road mapping kind of plans. And we decided that we just needed to put a reset button and yeah. we needed to just take a sabbatical away from all of that. And we decided to take, take a sabbatical to travel and travel yeah. across the world for 15 months. Wow. Uh, we backpacked in a shoestring. We went to South America and Southeast Asia. And the travel was just not to just to, to see things, but we reflected a lot. We reflected on our roadmap and where we wanted to be with our future selves. And real estate really kept really coming back as one of those vehicles that could lead us to that financial freedom roadmap a lot sooner. And mm -hmm. so when we came back to the States, we really kind of hit the ground running. And as you said, you know, we kind of got our start with the fix and flip side of things. And we turned that machine, you know, that we call it a nonstop machine. We fixed and flipped over 200 homes and we did a large amount of burring. And, you know, having those experience, building those teams, getting all that, you know, hands-on experience over time, we learned that the scalability of those single family and burring vehicles were limited. 
And so that's where we transitioned our efforts, our systems, and our teams over to multifamily because sky's the limit on it, as you know. And we moved into this direction that way. That's awesome. Let's back up a couple of steps too. I mean, there's a lot of lot listening there in your shoes. Like I'm feeling exhausted. I'm feeling burned out. You know, did you guys start, as you call it, the burying process? I mean, you can elaborate on that in a minute while you're working in the medical field, while putting in those 50, 60 hour weeks. How the heck did you do that? So it of course wasn't easy, but we just had that path. We wrote out the goal and we started and we started with one. Mm-hmm. We started with one property. And, you know, the birth strategy is buy rehab rent refinance and yep and repeat um, yep and repeat <laughs> yes yeah that's most important <laughs> thank, <all>. thank you <laughs> <laughs> and so we bought our first town home at around $56,000 it was pretty wow. distressed we fixed it up for around $10,000 with a local contractor and then it appraised for about $140,000 wow so we were able to pull out even more equity than we had in there in the first place. And that just opened our eyes. We said, wow, this is powerful. So we made this roadmap. We said, well, how many of these do we need to do? How many do we need to do to get to this freedom number? You know, the equity was amazing. The passive income from that rental was amazing. So it really just guided us in the direction to pursue it despite those time limitations. And really, you know, everybody has the same amount of hours in the day and day in the week, but it's really how do you maximize those hours and how do you utilize them? There's a lot of activities that you probably could give up and redirect towards something more productive. Oh yeah. Yeah. How much Netflix time are you spending or time spent browsing the internet guilty occasionally, right? Like looking at yeah, whether it's looking at car parts or reading social media gossip, like it really isn't productive. It's amazing how much time we all spend if you really audit your time doing that stuff, right? Right. So you guys have spent, you guys are kind of now pivoting towards, not kind of, you are pivoting towards you know, a lot of your effort going into multifamily. If you were putting yourself in your shoes five years ago or 10 years ago, would you have done that first burr right away? Or would you start looking at knowing what you know now, being educated, would you look at more? Let me go right to scale up in the multifamily. A lot of people get turned away from that because it seems enticing. Like all these hundreds of millions of dollars. What would be your advice to someone if you put yourself back five years? Gosh, that's a great question. That is a great question. So from our end, I think we're really, really grateful that we have that experience Mm. because we are sponsors, we are operators. And right now our strength in the multifamily world is our construction background. Mm -hmm. The way we're able to control these renovations, the way we're able to push them out so quickly. And we just understand what needs to be done to get those rents. And without that background, I think that wouldn't be our strong suit. But for somebody else, trying to get started in investing, you don't need to take that path. You can you know, partner with somebody who's already doing it, find an awesome sponsor who's already there, and you can take more of a passive role. So it's really, I think, depends on what you want to do. Yeah. I get that question a lot. And Victor, I love to hear you weigh in too. I actually had a call this morning with an investor who's like, what should I do? I, I got an opportunity to buy this duplex or you've also got some really awesome deals coming out. What should you want to do? And it always comes back to me is like, how much time and effort do you want to invest in this? And if you've got, maybe you're in your early twenties, no kids, and you've got, Hey, I've got all this energy. I want to make as much money as I can for a dollar. You don't mind fielding calls from tenants with leaky toilets or tenants or termites or rent collection issues. By all means, invest that 20, 30 hours a week. But if you're like us and you're working 50, 60 hours a week, and you just want to put your money to work in the most efficient manner, my answer is clear. Victor, what are your thoughts? Yeah, (laughs) I agree completely because, you know, Time is important. 
right? My time is important. My wife's time is important. Your time is important, right? And how you want to spend it is also important because you can't get it back. It's not, you can't control it, right? Most people are analysis by paralysis. They kind of look at every possible single way that they could possibly invest or do something. But at the end of the day, they just stay static. They don't move a step forward. And honestly, you know, we started, and that was our path of starting with the Burr strategy itself. But if we had the opportunities that we have now to get into the multifamily space and scale up even faster by connecting, partnering, with like-minded individuals who have done it before, who have you know the track record, who have the mentorship calibers and the education calibers, we would have done it. I mean, because yeah. think about it, our scalability, our time, it would have been just saved so much, you know. And I think that if you can think that way, if you look at your roadmap, everybody's roadmap is different, where you want to finish up or how you want to spend your time. But if you focus on the outcome-driven goal of where you want to be, mm-hmm. then you know where you should get started, whether you want to invest more of your time in it or whether you want someone else who has a proven track record to take over, drive the vehicle, and you just, hey, come along for the ride, but you still end up in the same place. Yeah. Now you nailed it, man. And I think one of the ideas that gets stuck in people's minds is I think just the complexity and the size and magnitude of these things. I'm looking at, oh my God, I'm looking at a five, 10, $15 million property. It seems overwhelming. When you really break it down in the roles you talked about, it's much less so. And I think everybody has to overcome those limiting beliefs, self-limiting beliefs, whatever you want to call them. How did you guys find you know, your partners going into deals? How did you, you know, help? You're talking about raising millions of dollars. Like, What's your go-to method or methods? And I'll, we'll try to keep this brief because there's a big section I want to hit on the operations side. But what are your go-to methods for finding partners? So we never went out of our way to raise money. I think what we did was we just started talking about what we were doing, started talking about it with our family, our friends. We had a huge network with our profession and just shared our success. And people wanted to know how to get involved. And like we mentioned earlier, not everybody wanted to go out and find their own distressed property, renovate it and flip it or burr it. Yeah, A lot of people just wanted to see how they could participate. So we started taking on investors And that's been really amazing for the multifamily area because it's giving us the opportunity to give opportunities to others. And that's one of our passions right now of helping people who are in our shoes, you know, five, six years ago, working so much, having young kids, having no time, letting them find a little bit of freedom. I love that. Victor, anything to add? (laughs) I would say, you know, when we try to connect with folks, we really come from an, a point of like relatability. Like we understand yeah. that, you know, financial freedom is a key thing, but really it's like, you know, we're all parents. We all have, you know, our kids in school. We all have activities. We all have jobs. We have everything. We all have holidays we want to be at. Like I focus on like what the outcome goals want to, they want to kind of go and achieve with, right? Yeah. Not everybody is going to have the same vision or same line of sight that we do. And sometimes we don't connect well, but we kind of just, you know, we reached out to our network. We talked about what we're doing. Some people reached out and say, Hey, this is wonderful. I wanted to be a part of it. Some people reached out and say, Hey, I don't get this. And we're skeptics, right? But at the end of the day, open up doors, talking to folks is what we kind of did. And, you know, we didn't really go searching far and wide. We just kind of really just kept talking about what we're doing to family, friends, colleagues, and it just flourished from there, to be honest with you. 
It's amazing how much you can get to in your sphere of influence by just starting with what you just described, professional networks, connections, friends and family, you know, reunions. Not everybody has to go to investor conferences and take it, you know, fly all over the country. And if you just start locally and you'd be surprised how many of us actually know people who know people who know people and map that out. And you know, even if you don't have a formal strategy, just by word of mouth, it's amazing how much can happen over the course of, you know, staying at it consistently for a year or two, right? Right. Exactly. I would say most of the professionals that we know, doctors, lawyers, you know, highly educated people have never invested outside of a 401k before. And having people just learn that there's other options out there just really opens up doors for people. Absolutely. Yeah, the financial literacy out there is just kind of, you know, basic and poor. Even though they're highly educated people, you know, the literacy itself, they just don't understand. You know, they don't have a goal, a timeline for their quote unquote retirement. Everybody just thinks it's an age, but we say it's not an age. No, nope. it's really not. It's when your passive incomes take over your cost of living and your lifestyle. And some people don't see it that way. And, you know, we try to bring that same kind of viewpoint, that mindset change to others around us. And that's how we try to focus on wealth building that way. You nailed it. That's been my experience. The number one thing that holds people back is just that they've got their blinders on. I've got, right. hey, the vanguards and mutual funds advertising in my life. And that's prominently what I thought about. And I was no different, you know, 10 years ago myself. Yeah. So I've had the pleasure of visiting these guys' properties several months back, and it was April, and they do a really, really great job of turning units and managing construction and building teams. I want to spend a few minutes. I'll never do it justice in these couple of minutes, but we'll probably do a follow-up episode and deep dive in a case study here. But I do want to call out, these guys are exceptional at the operations of properties, managing construction and turning around specifically very challenging properties, low occupancy, et cetera. If you had to sum it up, this is going to be really hard to do. What's the magic there? Is it just having that experience from the fix and flip business and building the relationship there? What's the magic of operations management and construction management? Honestly, the magic is, you know, obviously having the team around you that can handle that level of volume and stress and be able to multitask, you know, because a lot of, a lot of pieces are moving all at once. And Lee and I, you know, like I was just saying, we deal with death and dying. You know, everything else is somewhat easy to us, but the multitasking and creating the systems to kind of, you know, allow you to move forward. Everybody's pushing that wheel forward on the vehicle. It really helps us get these projects done. And we build relationships. You know, we've gone through many contractors, many agents, many property managers. We find the pieces that fit into our system, our kind of style. You know, and we nourish it. We take care of everybody around us. We make sure that everybody's happy and make sure that everybody is recognized. And we focus on what is our goals for these next 90 days, six months, year, and how can everybody reach those goals around us? Because at the end of the day, we will all do great. I'm sure you guys have learned a ton in the, in the past several years of going through both good and bad contractors. If you had to give advice to someone just starting out, hey, I've got this 40 unit, 50 unit, whatever it may be. I got to go build a team. Holy crap. How are you identifying the members of your team? Do you hire a construction manager first and then have them go find people? Or do you go out to Home Depot and start asking for names? What's your <laughs> process look like? I was, clearly, I was joking on the second. Back I've, heard, I've heard of people doing that thing. So. <laughs> Well, originally it was really through referrals. So growing okay. our local network and then getting referrals to contractors. And then the real key to our success has been building relationships with those contractors, not just looking at them as somebody I'm paying money to do a job, but really seeing 
what their goals are, how we can work together to succeed and looking at them as a human being. And that's what keeps people motivated to work for you. And if you don't have contractors showing up to your distressed property, you will be in distress. So that's the number one thing. You need that contractor showing up. Right, exactly. It's all about interpersonal you know, relationships and communication and being professional and, you know, expecting, you know, setting the standard for everyone, expecting everybody to meet it, you know, and not everybody will meet it and that's okay. And that's what we say. It's okay. But, you know, once, you know, we identify folks who really meet those standards, have that drive, have that commitment to what we're doing. We try to nourish that relationship and make sure that they see a path and a vision for themselves, not only as, you know, working for us, but also potential investors with us. You know, we give everybody that chance to really come in and believe in what we're doing and believe that we all have a piece and a place to get this vehicle moving forward, to be honest with you. You know, it's kind of funny. You see this very much so in the corporate world as much as you do in the private equity real estate sectors. There's so much effort putting on to finding good people and talent. But honestly, a disproportionately small amount of actually retaining people and treating them as partners and not just a resource. What would you be your you know top tip or two that you guys just secret insights, whether it's be profit sharing or bonuses or things that you guys do that might be helpful for our listeners to hear? One fun thing we do, and Victor loves this, is we throw a big party for everybody every year. So we invite all the contractors, all the workers, all the people who are involved, nice. and we have a raffle and we have a ton of food. And just like any company, we like to build morale. So right. that's just a fun, simple thing to just let people know they're appreciated. And also, you know, we don't beat them up when they come in regards to their pricing, their scope of work, you know, their contracted timelines and things like that. Obviously we stay on a rhythm, we stay on a schedule, but you know, it's a back and forth relationship and it's symbiotic. So we hope that everybody's professional and everybody's doing what they're doing, but you know, we're not going to nickel and dime everybody. We want everybody to win, right? So Mm -hmm. we focus on the bigger picture, meaning, you know, we have, you know, a ton of units to renovate. How do we better improve the overall pricing on the projects, whether we buy materials in bulk up front, whether we try to find better, you know, solutions for installations and labor costs, right? But usually what we say is, you know, our guys have been with us since the beginning. We said, we're going to be loyal to you and take care of you. And we focus on things like what you said, you know, profit sharing potential, investment potentials, you know, and the ones who are interested are going after that goal because one of their goals is that. They want to have ownership. They want to have equity. They want to have a future for their own personal roadmap. And we welcome that. We welcome that for the folks who really have been there loyal to us and show up every day because without them, we're not moving anything forward. They're a big part of the team. I love that. Thanks so much for sharing that, guys. So kind of closing in here, we've covered a lot of content from your journey from medical, getting into real estate, the different paths you take, and so many lessons learned. Wanted to thank you guys so, so much for joining for the show lots of action here. I might have to go back and listen to this one two or three times. I'm really looking forward to doing a deep dive and a follow-up, but thanks again for joining the show, guys. How can one get in touch with you guys? How can they learn more about 25A Capital? You can find us at www.258cap.com. You can reach out to us at info at 258cap.com. Yeah, we're all over our social media, Instagram, okay. TikTok, LinkedIn. We do a lot of educational content stuff. We do a, like a day in the life stuff. We do some behind the scenes stuff. So everybody knows what we're doing on the operations side of things. You know, we try to really kind of get a lot of education out there because I feel like most folks, it's their first step. We want to provide them help with their first step. Just give them the education, yeah. have them understand that we're open and we're real people and we're doing this. And so just reach out. 
I love it. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate you joining. Thank you, Thank you, man. Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the Crushing Cashflow Podcast. We have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey, and we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.